season in our re-up series, Reawaken the Dry Bones. Your sermon notes are available. You can go to your Rock Life Sunday sermon notes and go right to the June tab and pull them up. We're going to be teaching out of Ezekiel 37, a good scripture and a good lesson on today that's going to bless your life. And so let's go right there. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, I want you to go right to the book of Ezekiel. It's in the Old Testament, chapter 37, chapter 37. And as you're there in chapter 37, I want you to just... I want you to just close your eyes for a few minutes and just begin to see the dry bones that are in your life right now. Everybody has a valley of dry bones that they're dealing with. Come on and just ask the Lord to reawaken you as you hear this lesson on today. Be empowered in Jesus' name. Let's, let's get to work. Verse number one, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about and behold, there were many on the surface of the valley and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse number five. Thus said the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone and I looked and beheld that the muscles and the tendons were on them and the flesh grew and skin covered them but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord of God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet in exceedingly great army verse number one the hand of the Lord was upon me and he set me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones I want to give that to you again the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of of dry bones. Everybody say reawaken these dry bones. Come on, say it again. Say, Father, reawaken these dry bones. When we think about it and we look at the text, the prophet 
Ezekiel is having a vision, and he has a vision that the Lord has set him in a valley of dry bones. And in the midst of this place of seeing this vision, the Lord begins to speak to him, and the dry bones begin to live again, and they begin to breathe. And when we look at this, this is not a, a literal uh, a, 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 a place where a human being is coming back to life. It is a vision where the Lord gives Ezekiel to see that he's going to bring back the bones of Israel from their grave and from their place of failure, from their disappointment, from their issues that they've been having, their, disbe their disobedience, their dishonor towards him. When we look at the children of Israel, they live the life of disobedience and dishonor towards God. And so God comes to Ezekiel in chapter 36, and he gives him a preview of what he's going to do. And in this preview, he gives him a vision. And one of the things that I want to teach you here is that before God brings something to pass in your life, he's going to give you a preview and then give you a vision of how he's going to bring it to pass. God is never going to speak to you without the provision of a preview. He's never going to speak to you without giving you a vision or a word of how he's going to bring it to pass. And he gives Ezekiel this message, and I really want to encourage you today that I believe that we're in a season where God is requiring that the dry bones and the valleys that we've been living in become real again. Our communities are dry. Our families are broken. Our dreams are dead. There's so many things in our community that's going on right now that we need a spiritual reawakening. When we think about it, to the young girl who falls to see opportunities around her, awaken the intellectual curiosity within you. Go on and search for those opportunities and chase after them. Because when you are curious and in search mode, you will meet a lot of people and learn. And when you find opportunities, you will be exhilarated rather than overwhelmed. When you find opportunities, you will be exhilarated rather than overwhelmed. That's a quote that talks about awakening. How many of you are sitting here today and you're overwhelmed because of what you're going through. How many of you are sitting here today and you're not connected to people and the opportunities that have come to you and you've allowed those opportunities to, to, go, to go aside and to, and to pass you by because you're not awake, you're sleeping. You're resting instead of searching for the opportunities, instead of going after the opportunities. As I was in there on my knees praying this morning and, and preparing to come in here, the Lord says, whatever opportunity comes your way, even if you have to start over at zero, I want you to go after the opportunity. Because I taught you something that just because you start over doesn't mean you're starting over at the bottom. It means that you're starting over on a new step at a new level. You might not have as much as you had from your past success, but you're starting over in a new place, in a better place. You're wiser, you're stronger, your trust is there, your faith is there. But many of us need to have a reawakening. When we talk about this reawakening, Pastor, what does it mean to, to, be, a, to be reawakened? 
to awaken someone or something again. Here's an example, a photo that has reawakened past memories. How many of you have seen a, 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 a photograph or a photo of years past and you saw it and it reawakened a memory in you? I remember when we did that. I remember just, just last weekend we took a lot of pictures and over the next few months, every time we look at those pictures, we're going to say, I remember when the family came together on this weekend and we did this and we did that. I remember when such and such was there. A movie that has reawakened interest in their story after many years. Vincent was awakened from being in a medical-induced coma. That's what it means to be reawakened. Can, you get, can I give you a historical overview? Years ago in the 1700s, they called it the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening was a religious revival that impacted the English colonies in America. During the 1730s and 1740s, the movement came at a time when the idea of secular rationalism was being emphasized and passion for religion had grown stale. Christian leaders traveled from town to town preaching about the gospel, emphasizing salvation from sins and promoting enthusiasm for Christianity. The results of this great awakening was a renewed dedication towards religion which had a great lasting impact on many Christian denominations across the world. The Great Awakening, when we think about it, you hear it here in history. The world and religion begin to fight amongst each other. Why? Because Christianity had grown stale. What's in your life that has grown stale in your Christian walk and you're more concerned about what the world is saying about you? We're, we're so concerned about the world's ideas and, and all of the things that are happening that the church has grown stale. The nation of worshipers, the apathy of worship has been lost. Because we've grown stale in our fellowship with God. We've grown stale in our dedication to God. We, we've grown stale in our prayer. We've, we've grown stale in our giving. We, we've grown stale in the love and fellowship that we had in our communities. I, I long for the days again where, where churches can fellowship amongst one another and pastors can worship again amongst one another. But because pastors have fallen out, people don't want to go to other people's church because their pastor gets up and talks about another pastor. So we lose friendship and fellowship in the community where we used to go to another church and pack out their church and all three choirs used to march in and begin to sing and everybody had on their robes and their different color robes and all of the deacons did devotion together and all of the preachers sat together and they all celebrated each other. They went to your anniversary. You came to my anniversary and we got together and we prayed, we fellowship, we ate, we, we, we walked the community, we've grown stale, we need a reawakening. Somebody say, Lord, reawaken these dry bones. Why is spiritual reawakening important to the body of Christ? As stated in the Great Awakening, it brought about a renewed dedication towards religion that brought religious community back to its foundational truths and faith in God. 
But in both cases, our spiritual awakening brings about, here it is, a divine resuscitation of life to the body of Christ. This reawakening is going to be a corporate reawakening that reconnects our worship, our faith, and our commitment to honor God. Why do we need a reawakening of these dry bones? Because it's going to do what? It's going to bring about a divine resuscitation of life to the body of Christ that reconnects our worship, our faith, and our commitment to God. How does God reawaken dry bones? I want you to simply ask yourself that, God, how are you going to reawaken this dead dream? How are you going to reawaken the lost time that I've lost in, in my purpose and in my destiny. How, how are you going to, to put me in a valley and allow me to see my life be put back together again? Where my children and my sons and daughters and our communities are put back together again. Where children are dying every day. Young people are dying every day because our communities have become stale and we're asleep. We need a reawakening of these dry bones in our colleges. We need a reawakening of these dry bones in our homes where fathers and mothers are at home today and their children are just sitting there and people should be in a place where you should be in church. I remember when I got to a certain age when my father told me, if you're going to live in my house, you got to go to church. If you're not going to church, you got to leave when I get out of this house. You will not sit in my house and I go to church and you sit here and act as if you don't know who God is. We need a reawakening. We need a reawakening. How does God reawaken the dry bones? The text says that he put me in the midst of a valley and he surrounded me in a valley that was full of dry bones. Full of dry bones. And, and these dry bones were not in a pile. They were not as if that somebody had came and tried to clean them up. Uh, he put me in a valley and he caused me to walk around about them. He, he caused me to, to pass around and to view them. And, and guess what? How does God reawaken dry bones? Number one, he pulls the scattered bones back together. Those bones that lack connection to hold it together. How many things and how many places in your life are lacking the connection of holding it together? I, I don't know how to hold it together. My, my life is scattered abroad. My children are scattered abroad. My career is scattered abroad. My faith is over here. Prayer is over there. Commitment is down the street. My, my worship ain't nowhere to be found. My faith has just completely disappeared. God wants to do what? He wants to pull the scattered bones back together again. If God is going to reawaken our community, if God is going to reawaken something in your life, he has to pull the areas back together again. You've got to be able to look in this valley and see that my life is completely scattered. When, when something is scattered, it brings about confusion. It brings about dismay. 
it, 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 it gives you a place where you lack direction. I don't know where to start. I, I'm looking at all of these dry bones, but everything is scattered. Where do I start? You're hoarding scattered things in your life. And God wants to reawaken you by pulling the scattered bones back together again. What do you mean those things that have become disconnected, detached? Those bones that, are, that have caused you in those places in your life that have caused you to become distracted, drawn away. Those things in your life that have caused you to be displaced. You've been driven out of the presence of God because of pain. You've been driven away from the church because of hurt. You've been driven away from your career because you don't, because you never really seize the opportunity. And now everything in your life is scattered. And you're saying, God, why am I here? And how am I going to make it? God, what are you going to do? I'm going to reawaken these dry bones by pulling the scattered areas of your heart back together again. It says in verse 2, he calls me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were many, many, look around. I want you to just look around in your life. Look around and see the scattered places in your life. Come on, see the areas that you disconnected. See those areas that have caused you to be distracted. See the things that have caused you to be drawn away from the presence of God. He wants to pull the scattered bones back together again. How does God reawaken dry bones? He's going to speak life into the dry bones that lack marrow. Or the marrow to build the bone. Hmm. When we think about a bone, I was thinking about it and I'm looking at this and I begin to, to do the study on it. A bone is ineffective when it doesn't have any moral in it. That's where the plasma and the strength to preserve the bone. He's going to begin to rebuild that bone. He, he's going to do it by doing what? He's going to rebuild those brittle areas that have cracked and snapped and that have become damaged. You hear sometimes people in their old age, their bones become brittle. They used to teach you when you were little, if you drink a lot of milk, your bones are going to be real strong. If you don't drink milk, your bones are going to break real easy. They're going to break real easy. It's going to be brittle. They said one of the most painful procedures that anybody can have is just to go in through the bone and pull out the marrow. Because when you're pulling out the marrow, you're pulling out my life. Because without the marrow, you can't live. You can't survive. I, I did the study on it, and, and it says that you can probably live for a couple of days, but if we completely take all of the marrow out of your bones, you cannot live. You'll just be a bone. A bone with no life is dead. A bone with no life is brittle. A bone with no life has become broken and fractured. He's going to reawaken 
these dry bones by, by pulling the scattered bones back together again. He, he's going to cause things to be reconnected again. Those things that were displaced and distracted and drawn away. He's going to bring them back together again. But then he's going to speak life into my bones. He, he's going to speak life. He, he's going to speak life. He, he's going to speak purpose into me. He's going to encourage me. He's going to give me life again. These bones will live, but they cannot live unless God speaks life into them. He's going to speak life. Verse number five says, Thus said the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you come to life. He's going to pull all the scattered things back together again. And then he's going to speak life into what has been scattered. Ah, he's going to speak life into what has been confused. He's going to speak life into what has been drawn away. He's getting ready to speak life. He's getting ready to put new spiritual morrow in your bones again. He's going to speak his word into your life. He's going to speak life into those areas that have caused you to walk in fear. He's getting ready to reawaken your life by speaking into your life. I cannot bring the scattered bones back together again and not speak life into you. I cannot revive you and not speak revival into your life. I can't bring the scattered areas back together again and not cause you to know who you are and what I've caused you to do. How does God reawaken dry bones? Uh, he brings and he pulls the scattered places back together again. He pulls the scattered bones back together again. Uh, he speaks life into the dry bones. Then number three, he blows on the dead bones that lack oxygen to function in life. He pulls the scattered areas in my life back together again. He speaks life into me, but then he understands that you're still not living. Although he's allowed the scattered places to be put back together again, uh, he's allowed my family to come back together again. He's spoken a word that my family will never go through this again. But then he understands that I got to speak to the dead issue in the family's life. I got to give it life. I got to blow on it so that it will begin to function as I created it to function. Where people will love again. Well, people will honor again. Not only will I pull the scattered bones back together again, not only will I speak to the dry bones, but I'm going to do what? I'm going to blow on the dead bones that lack oxygen to function in life. There is a deficiency. I call it spiritual anemia. Uh, my daughter told me that she was smarter than me on the other day because I asked her what did it mean. And she says, Fred, you're, you, I'm smarter than you because you had to ask me. But it says here in the quote that you become smarter when you seize the opportunities to learn from those who are around you. And Tierra was just standing there. I'm smarter than you, Fred, and I think quicker than you. And you should have known that if you, if you were smarter, you would have went to Google and you would have pulled up your dictionary. Smart people always challenge you to use your resources. 
And God wants to use the resources in your life that are going to cause you to not be deficient anymore. I remember my mother saying, I can't take this anymore because she had an iron deficiency. And they had to keep giving her those shots in her arms because they keep poking you in your arms. And when they keep giving you those iron shots, they, they, those iron shots, they weaken your veins. And they pull all of the energy and all of the, the life from the vein. I remember my wife going and they were prepared to stick her with this needle. And every time she would sit there and she would just be like, okay, make it happen quick. Make it happen quick. He wants to repair the deficiency. When somebody's anemic, they deal with a low blood count that affects the flow of oxygen. He understands that I'm going to pull back and bring back the scattered places. I'm going to speak life, but if I want you to live, I got to deal with the deficiency of a low spiritual blood count. You don't understand the power of my blood. You don't understand that my blood can redeem you. That my blood can cause you to live again. That the power of my blood will cause you to walk again. The power of my blood will cause you to, to not be spiritless uh, where you don't have the substance of life and breath. In verse number nine, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus said the Lord of God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they come to life. You might be put back together again. You might have a word that God has spoken to you. But until God blows on you, your life is in a position of being slain and broken and deficient of his power. Reawaken these dry bones. When you look at your life, what is dead, what is dry, what is scattered. But when I tell you at the end, when I tell you at the end, at the end, God's reawakening is going to do what? Reunite the body back to its original intent of dominion and authority. He's getting ready to pull you back together again. And as he brings the scattered places, he's going to reunite you back to your dominion and your authority in him he's going to reunite God's reawakening is going to reunite and it says and he says to them thus saith the Lord behold I will take the son of Israel from among the nations where they have gone and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land I'm going to reunite you with your own stuff I'm getting ready to set you in a new place but before I do it, I got to reawaken what's scattered. God's reawakening is going to restore and reconnect the body to a healthy place of worship and communion with the Father. Verse 23 says, They will no longer defile themselves with their idols or with their detestable things or with any of their transgressions but I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and I will cleanse them and they will be my people and I will be their God God is going to bring back and pull the scattered places together by reuniting the body back to its original 
intent of dominion and authority. And then he's going to restore and reconnect the dry bones of the body to a healthy place of worship and communion with the Father. That means that you've got to allow the idols in your life to be broken. Come on, lift your hands. There's some idols in your life right now that cause you to, to be dry, that cause you to lack restoration in your life. What are idols, Pastor G? Anything that you put above God, your job, your money, your career, your mind, your thoughts. Paul says, Think not highly of yourself or more highly of yourself than you should. When you think more highly of yourself than you should, that's an idol. Can I break that down for you? When you say, God, I really don't want you to bless me like this because I'm just so unworthy. You're, you're thinking more highly of yourself than you should. That is so improper. It's easy to, to deal with some sin issues, but let's deal with the arrogance that sometimes we carry. He's going to reconnect and restore us back to a healthy place of worship and communion. Israel had lost their connection of worship and their place of communion. God's reawakening will revive and reposition the body to reflect his glory and his power. Verse 14 says, And I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life. Say, I'm coming back. Say, I'm going to come to life. He's going to restore and reposition, and I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life, and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have done it, declares the Lord. He, he, he doesn't want to just reawaken you so that you can just be here for people to see. He wants to reawaken you so that he can bless you, so that he can fulfill promise and destiny and purpose in your life. And I will put my spirit in you, the Nishima, the breath of life. Uh, not only will I pull the scattered places back together again by reuniting you to your dominion and authority, not only will I speak to the dry bones that lack the ability to live, but I'm going to restore and reconnect the body to a healthy place where you'll, where you'll love to worship me again. Well, you'll run to commune with me again. But most of all, I want to do what? Revive and reposition the dry, stale, and scattered bones that are living in this valley so that I can reposition you to have your own. Somebody say, he's going to reawaken me so that I can have my own. To have my own in him where he will receive all the glory and all the honor where worship will be an honor for me. See, that's why you got to be careful when you quote these things that we say. 
God created me to worship. Well, if he created you to worship, then why is it so difficult for you to stay there? I didn't say, why is it so difficult to do it? Because circumstances will cause difficulty to make things hard, but it shouldn't drive you out of his presence. It shouldn't cause you to become dry in his presence. It shouldn't cause you to be so scattered that you don't know how to lift your weak hands. That you don't know how to put your mouth towards God and speak out the blessing of God in your life and begin to call out, Father, I speak to the dry bones. I speak life right now over these dry areas. Father, I'm declaring right now that you allow the anointing in my life to pull these scattered areas back together again. Father, that you will revive my home, that you'll revive my money, that you'll revive my health, that you'll revive my dream, that you will revive my dream, that you won't allow me to just sit here and allow these bones to lay here, but you're going to revive the nation. You're getting ready to revive our communities, our generations, our churches, our pastors, the sheep, Father. You're going to revive the entire nation that it may bring glory and honor to you I know that you heard the message years ago and he He's going to connect the toes and he's going to connect my knee bone and forget all of that. Uh, he's getting ready to connect me to my promise. Uh, he's getting ready to connect me back to my first love. He's getting ready to reawaken what has been scattered for years in my life. He's getting ready to speak to the dry areas. He's getting ready to revive and reposition my life in such a way that my children will never have a need in life. That one day the Rock Church will be able to send children to school for free. Think about it. Can you imagine coming to church and your church pays off your bills once a year and your church sends your children to school for free and you come to church and your pastor says we got all that we need just give what you want. Just make sure you don't stop giving your time. But we got so much overflow, we can live for the next 100 years. Because that's what a generation represents. Can, can you imagine somebody coming to you today and saying, what's your mortgage? I want to pay it off. and I'm not going to make a video about it. I'm not going to put all of this other stuff. Just go home and be happy. But just remember, remember that what we've done for you, make sure that you do it for somebody else. Because the billionaire stood there in Morehouse and he said, this is my class. Who's got the next class? I'm looking at these children, and I told y'all that our children should have a place where their parents can bring them to school. What are we going to do, Rock Church? How many of you are investing in the resources that your church has put in your hands? How many of you listen at the messages every week that are put on an app? How many of you go and read the devotionals that are put right there? How many of you go back every week and read the sermon notes so that you don't have to remain scattered, so that you don't have to remain dry, and so that the things that are becoming dead in your life won't remain dead? Or are you out there looking at somebody else's stuff? 
Sometimes you got to manage your own garden for you to grow. And it's wrong for you to be in somebody else's house and bring their garden into somebody else's garden. That's illegal. You got to learn how to manage your own garden. You got to learn how to manage your valley. Look at that valley today. I want you to look down at that valley. Come on. Look down at the valley and see what has been scattered in your life. See what is dry in your life. And see what is dead in your life. Begin to, begin to say, Lord, reawaken. Reawaken me now. Reawaken promise in my life. It's your job. Reawaken my ability to go get people and bring them back to church. How long is this church going to be empty? How long are you guys going to be satisfied that you just come to church because you feel like the pastor's going to be mad? How long are you going to be satisfied that nobody knew was sitting next to you? How long are you going to be satisfied that the valley of discipleship is dead in our church? It needs to be revived. How long are we going to be satisfied that nobody comes to church? How long are we going to be satisfied that it's only us? How long are we going to be satisfied? How long are you going to be satisfied that you won't witness to nobody? That you won't take the card that your pastor gave you and said, will you just trust and come to church with me? How long are you going to allow discipleship? How long are you going to argue with God about worship? How long are we going to sit here and remain dead in our faith because we don't trust God? And you got a dream that God has put in your heart. And you sit there as if he ain't speaking to you. God is speaking to you. And he's telling you what to do. But because you're scattered. But because you're dry. And you're dead. In your relationship to God. We don't know how to respond to God reuniting us. And God reconnecting us. And repositioning us. And reviving us. When something is dead, it can't respond. When something is dry, it lacks movement and it becomes stale. It becomes brittle and it breaks. It becomes sour and you have to throw it away. Something that's scattered doesn't have a connection. And the reason that our community is broken is because it's scattered. Because why? We've not connected to them. And we've not given them a connection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the bread of life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of me is eternal life. Are you going to sit there and just remain scattered? Are you going to allow your children to remain scattered? Are you going to allow your dream to remain scattered and dry and dead? Or are you going to sit there today and lift up your hands and say, Lord, reawaken. I want to re-up today. Come on, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet today. As you lift your hands. Say, Lord, it's my time.
to re-up. I've been inactive too long. I've been uncommitted too long. Today, I want to become active again. I want to re-enlist as a soldier in the army of the Lord. Today is my day where I plant my feet on solid ground and I begin to do the work of the Lord on this battlefield. Father, in Jesus' name, reawaken the scattered places that have caused me and then it caused our church to become displaced, distracted. Father, reconnect me now and pull the scattered places back together again. Father, in Jesus' name, speak life to the dry bones. Speak life to the marrow that gives me life, that gives me strength. Father, cause those brittle and cracked and damaged and broken areas of my life to be lit to live again. Father, breathe on me. Father, in Jesus' name, blow on the dead areas in my life. Uh, revive me. Reposition me. Reunite me. Reconnect me. Father, in Jesus' name, reawaken, reawaken, reawaken these dry bones in my life today. Now shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, as we make this commitment, as we make this oath today to re-up, to re-enlist, to become active again, pursuant in commitment and in faith, reawaken the dry bones, reawaken them now in our community, and our children, and our young people, and our young men, our young women. Reawaken the morality of our government. I was sitting in the barbershop yesterday and people were saying, I got a good income tax return my money is right and I said but your morals have been deprived of you we're becoming a rich nation but we don't have no morals no more people got good jobs but we don't have no morals no more when we see our own president devalue life rich man but has no morals what is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul Jesus said to the rich man you want to follow me give up all your stuff he said I can't well then you can't follow me
I'm going to give it to you like this. You can't love God and not have morality in your life. You can't say that you love God and you don't love people. You can't say that you love God and you won't pass gun laws to protect innocent people. You can't say that you love God and you pass laws that will only affect people that will never be affected by it. Y'all better fight while y'all sitting here being all religious and speaking in your tongue. You better open up your mouth and begin to teach your children what it is to be morally sound in the presence of God. That's why he punished Israel because they lost their morality. It's okay to go to church and then turn around and cuss your neighbor completely out and then put it on Facebook and say that it's okay. That ain't of God. It's not of God. Holiness is still right. How do we say that we got jobs and better jobs but we don't love our neighbor? How do we say that marriage is right, but we won't deal with infidelity? How do we teach our children to love themselves and we're watching politicians every day kill one another? Twelve families are hurting because an angry man was scattered. He had become dry. He become dead to his purpose. And because of anger, he takes it out on other people. And all we do is say, God is going to be with you. I got a problem with that. How is God going to be with me? And he allowed someone innocent to just die. These, these are the questions that the church needs to ask. What type of God are we serving that allows this much murder to take place in six months? What type of God? If you're not asking that question, then something is wrong with your salvation. Guess what's wrong? We've lost our morals and our values to live for God. The children of Israel got to a place where they were so lost and scattered that they started killing their own children. Children are dying every day. 18-year-old young man at the park getting ready to graduate, getting ready to go to the army and is killed at a park. You can't go to the park like you used to because you don't know what's going to happen. Y'all stay with me. And I know some say, well, it's just life. No, 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 no. We're dealing with an issue of immorality. And when immorality hits a nation, death occurs. I'm not talking about a poor mentality. I'm talking about immorality, meaning that the nation has been turned over to a reprobate mind where people believe that taking children from their parents is morally sound. Come on, y'all. But we got good jobs. And companies are giving good bonuses. But we don't love each other. Father, reawaken us today. 
in Jesus' name. Somebody here that wants to be saved. You're scattered. You're dry. You're not connected. And you need Jesus Christ in your life. I want you to lift your hand now. And I want you to say, Lord, I need you to come into my life today and don't play with them today. Because you don't know when you're going to have another opportunity to accept him in your life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And the only way that your life can change is that you've got to reconnect, that you've got to connect the scattered area in your life of not being saved. If you're here, lift up your hand. Confess that the Lord died on the cross for you. Lift up your hand. If you want to reconnect, you've been in a backslidden condition. The marrow in your life, the marrow in your life have, have, has left. There is no life. There is no connection. It's dry. You want to rededicate. Today is your day. We're going to speak life. You've got a dream in your life that's dead. You've got a desire in your life that's dead. Lift up your hands so that I can pray for you today. You need a church home where, where God is going to speak to you every Sunday, where God is going to empower the man of God to speak his word in your life, where the vessel is going to reflect God's glory and God's power in your life. I want you to lift your hand. If you